Happy Monday, everyone. We're back with another edition of the DNBR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. I'm Justin Michael, and it's going to be another edition of What's Happening in Agland. That's just where we go over everything that's happening in CSU Rams country. We just kind of dive into the latest news for all of the various CSU Rams teams. Before we do, I'm going to talk about what we learned from Steve Adazio's Monday press conference. Obviously, a big-time game coming up against San Jose State on Saturday. Quickly, though, I have something in mind for our homeowners. With prices going up, it's creating natural equity in your home. If you have mortgage insurance, chances are you can refinance out of that and make the bubble work for you. If you're in the buyer's market, you're going to know how stressful trying to buy a house is right now. This process, it's absolutely crazy in Colorado. Let Mike and Virginia Chevalier take the burden off this extremely difficult process. They're going to alleviate so much stress and just take some of that worry off your plate. As mortgage brokers, they're able to shop over a dozen different lenders with many different products to find the right fit for you. They want their borrowers to know who they're working with and not feel bounced around. They take the time to help their borrowers feel as informed as they want every step of the way. And Mike and Virginia, they're going to take the burden off folks so they can focus on their home being a home, not just a house. If you visit them at dnvrmortgage.com, you can enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice. Most importantly, you're going to get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. You can also call Mike directly at 970-412-2472. Or again, visit dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. Like I said, we are going to start this podcast by talking about what we learned from Steve Adazio in his press conference. Had about a 15-minute media availability today. Nothing super new. I mean, we still got to find out the injury status of you know guys like David Bailey and Dante Wright moving forward. Um, you know, the the bye week came at a good time for CSU football. I think just in terms of getting healthy. But he mentioned that it, it, he's also a little bit nervous about the timing just because. You know, he felt like today's practice was a little bit sluggish and he liked the intensity that the team had on Friday much better. Just the overall attention to detail. They were off a couple days, came back a little slow, said it wasn't awful, just didn't really like where his team was at. And he said that's kind of a product of them still just being immature as a whole and kind of still needing to learn how to become a, a complete football team, a team that wins consistently and that you know, kind of features no days off, at least on the days you're supposed to work. I mean, you come back rejuvenated after a couple of days off of practice. You got to be focused, ready to go. He just felt like it was a little bit sluggish and still just kind of wants this team to be a little bit more player-led. You know, I think Adazio feels they're pretty dependent on the coaches. I mean, they do have some veterans that are obviously leaders in the locker room, but overall, it's been kind of on the coaches to bring the intensity, at least you know, based on what Adazio has kind of told us. He wants to see some of these young guys just bring it every single day. You know, he's liked what he's seen on the field from a lot of them. And that was another thing he actually talked about later was how excited he is about a lot of these young guys on the roster, especially defensively. But they've certainly got room to grow. I mean, they're they're still learning how to be a football team. And kind of regardless of what's happening in practice, I think that's been pretty clear based on performance. I mean, we've kind of yet to see CSU play a complete four-quarter football game where they really execute on both sides of the football for an entire game. There've been flashes. I mean, they pretty much play outplayed Vanderbilt for three and a half quarters. They outplayed Iowa for at least two, maybe two and a half quarters. I'd say they won three or four quarters against Toledo. South Dakota State, they probably really only won like one, maybe one was a tie and they lost two. 
but we still haven't seen them come out and just be dominant for all four quarters on both sides of the ball, be able to execute both ways offensively. I mean, it's kind of been a situation where they either run the ball effectively or they pass the ball effectively. We haven't really seen them do both. And that's going to be a big factor for whether they're able to turn this thing around moving forward. The depth of the running back room is going to get tested a little bit, especially if David Bailey's still dinged up. And I mean, you obviously lost Marcus McElroy and you lost Tanner Hollins earlier in the season. You need you need some of these guys to kind of step up. And I think you really need Jalen Thomas to be that second between the the tackles type back because Ajon Vivens, what he brings does it adds a dynamic to this offense that I think you need. I think he's awesome in screen games. I think he's awesome when you can get him the football on the outside and just kind of let him take advantage of his agility, his elusiveness. He's not really a three down type running back and very few guys are David Bailey is. So it's obviously really important that they have him. He's a good pass blocker effective between the tackles. He can stretch the field a little bit sideline to sideline. He runs hard despite, you know, not having the most consistent play in the trenches up front so far this season, but you're going to need someone else. I mean, you know, you need Vivens to be effective, but I don't think he's the type of guy you want having 15 to 20 carries. I think he's more of a I don't, eight to 10 carries a game, maybe a couple of catches as well. And I think you need someone like Jalen Thomas to be able to pick up another 10 to 15 carries because the identity of this offense is, is just all predicated on running the football successfully. I know a lot of fans don't find that very exciting, but it is what they're going to have to do if they want to win. We're hoping to see improvement in the passing game, especially if Dante Wright's able to go. And I mean, we saw a little bit of encouragement from EJ Scott in that last one, but ultimately I think the success of this offense is really going to fall onto whether they can run the ball or not. Cause you know, it wasn't perfect against Toledo, but they were able to run the ball. We saw them run the ball down Vanderbilt's throat for most of that game. Like that is what this team does best. It's what they're built to do, especially with the various tight ends that they have kind of the heavier packages you can run there are going to be times where you have to spread it out. And, you know, in those situations, you can kind of let Santeo run around a little bit, make some plays with his legs, try and stretch the field. Occasionally, he's got to be able to hit some of those deep balls. That's really been one of the the biggest missing components from the CSU offense has been the ability to stretch the field. We saw him make a couple of nice touch passes down the field in garbage time against South Dakota State, but really since then, he just hasn't been consistent. Hit a throw or two against Vandy. Really, these last two weeks, he's really struggled through the air and they need to find a more consistent passing offense. You can rely on him as a runner to an extent, but not so much if Bailey is not in the game, and that can put you in a a pretty difficult situation, especially when the depth behind him is is kind of a question mark. I'm not trying to dog Evan O'Lace or anything like that. I just think it's so hard to play with a freshman quarterback, so you really do have to be careful. And if you disagree with me, turn on the buffs. Man, Like, not trying to beat a dead horse here. This is a point I've made multiple times. They have a lot of talent at the skill positions and their offense is just anemic. Some of that falls on the coaching. Some of it also falls on the deficiencies of their quarterback. They don't even have an opportunity to win right now with the play that they're getting out of Brendan Lewis. The decision-making, he holds onto the ball. He misses reads. I mean, he's really, really struggling. And for all his faults, again, he's missed a lot of open receivers. He's gotten away with a couple of drop picks. Todd Senseo, he has put in this team consistently in position to win. Now you would like him to be able to complete some of those passes more consistently. And he has to like, he absolutely has to, or they're not going to have a chance to win, but he's at least kept them in games. And again, you know, the strength of this offense is just going to come down to running the football. I mean, anything you get out of Trey McBride, that's awesome. You know, he's going to do his thing. 
I'd imagine we'll see defenses try and key in on him pretty intensely as Iowa did in that game, you know, just put the team in a situation where they're like, anyone else is going to beat us, but this guy, but that's a tall task. I mean, a lot of the Mountain West defenses, especially this year, I mean, I'd I'd say it's a more offensive heavy league this year, which is kind of odd. They don't have the guys to, to shut down Trey McBride in the same way that Iowa did. And they didn't shut him down, but they at least contained him. So it's just going to be interesting to see, you know, kind of how they handle these next couple of next couple of games because it's a it's a big time stretch for this team. You still have an opportunity to kind of turn things around and coming full circle and kind of connecting some of these points here. I think it makes sense that they're relying on Centeno still because they trust him as a leader. They trust him to put this team at least in a position to be competitive and have a shot to win. They have too much talent to just, you know, focus solely on the future. Like, you know, screw it. We're going to lays and we'll just see what happens. And that could be detrimental to his development, too. That's a whole other can of worms that people don't like to admit. Playing a quarterback before he's ready can derail his career before it really even gets going. That's true at the college level. It's true at the pro level. But, you know, they believe in his leadership skills and he's going to have to play better. But he's one of the guys that are going to kind of need to step up and, and just find more consistency as a football team. They got to be able to, you know, score more points. I think they're they're effective on third down they're not really turning the football over he doesn't take a ton of sacks like that's all good things those are all encouraging you just got to be able to connect on some of those plays that change the game there have been too many opportunities this year whether it's to dante or trey to put points on the board and he's just missing guys like you can't have that consistently as far as this san jose state matchup goes it's it's kind of interesting because the strength of san jose state defensively is pretty similar to what csu likes to do they're Defensive line is stacked. They've got great linebackers. Kyle Harmon is one of the more fun players in the conference to watch. They have speed in the secondary, especially at the safety position. Their corners leave a little bit to be desired. Teams have kind of stretched the field on them at, at times, not not too dissimilarly to CSU. Their problems offensively kind of stem from turning the football over too much. Nick Starkle, after being really solid for them last year, has just really struggled with forcing balls this year. He's trying to just do a little bit too much, and it's it's not shocking. I think San Jose State kind of came into this season with a chip on their shoulder being like, nobody takes us for real after what we did last year. We're going to go out and show you we are that good. And sometimes you can just kind of get out of your game a little bit. And I do think there's still a bowl team when it's all said and done. But I like this spot where the Rams are at right now. I like when this game is happening. One, San Jose State, they've had to travel a ton. They've already had to go to Western Michigan and Hawaii. I mean, that's taxing on the body. I like that they've been fairly shaky over the last month because I think it could be a situation where if CSU is able to create pressure, they might get in their heads a little bit early, especially if you're able to capitalize and get some stops and have that lead to scores, complimentary football, all that coaching cliche nonsense, but is actually true. But it's kind of a statement game, you know, going into those two road games at New Mexico and at Utah State, which are going to be tougher than most people assume. If you, if you go out and you defeat the reigning conference champions after what you did against Iowa, after what you did against Toledo, a team that's probably going to contend to win that conference, people are going to start taking you more seriously. And I've talked about it a lot before, but I'm just, I'm a firm believer in confidence and momentum. And I think all of that can be beneficial for a team, especially with veterans that are hungry to win after a lot of just down seasons. I just think, you know, winning this game and then if you're able to go on the road and win another game or two, it could really be the catalyst for something special because I do think Wyoming and Air Force are going to be incredibly tough. They're going to be games that are going to be very challenging. Wyoming especially is rolling and going up into Laramie and defending the boot, it's going to be tough. But those aren't games that are not out of reach, that are not winnable. 
CSU's front seven is going to create some havoc, and hopefully, as long as they're able to play disciplined, should be pretty effective against that Air Force rushing attack. It's obviously unique, but they have a lot of guys that have played multiple games against Air Force. They have a lot of guys that are just kind of displaying the the traits that you need to be successful against an offense like that. Daquan Jackson, I think, is a perfect example. Watching Daquan when you rewatch some of these games is it's an absolute blast because he flies all over the field. He has a real nose for the football and, and the way that plays are developing, but he's patient. He waits until it's the opportune moment to strike and then he completes the play because he's a great open field tackler. It's exactly what you would want out of your middle linebacker. I mean, as talented as Josh Watson was, and, and don't get me wrong, like Josh was a lot of fun to watch. He could lay the wood. He's a great athlete, obviously really strong. There were times where he'd get a little over aggressive and, you know, he'd shoot a gap prematurely and it would it would open up for a big play. Daquan hasn't done anything like that so far this season. I mean, I'm sure he's bound to have a bad play or two, but he's been really great this first month of the year. And what with what you have in that front seven, just such a stout defensive line, when you have linebackers that are that smart and you have safeties that can come up and make plays in the running game, like Henry Blackburn and Taiwan Francis and even Jack Howell, you know, that that's a pretty strong, at least on paper, argument that CSU should be competitive against Air Force. Looking at some of these other upcoming matchups, you know, San Jose State, Utah, San Jose State's turned the ball over too much. Utah State, they've they've struggled to capitalize in the red zone. That's, you know, kind of buying into CSU's strength as a defense. You can create some havoc. You might be able to force the Spartans to, to do some dumb things offensively. At Utah State, even if you get burned for a couple of plays, as long as you can recover in the red zone, you have an opportunity to limit you know, the amount of points given up. Boise State's offensive line is a complete mess right now. <laughs> the talent they have offensively is very scary. I mean, their receivers are studs. Khalil Shakir is as good as anybody in the country. Like, I, I love watching that dude play. I hate watching games on the blue turf because it gives me a headache, but I will watch Khalil Shakir anytime because he is a freak. The long-winded point of all this, though, is that there are plenty of winnable games still remaining on the schedule despite the fact that it is a tough slate. It all just kind of starts with San Jose State and... You know, you need to have them come out and play a complete performance. Hopefully, they're able to take care of business. Vegas has given them a shot. It's kind of a pick em game right now, which is, I mean, coming into the season, if this would have been like week two or something, it probably would have been like a double-digit spread, 10, 11 points. It's not because, you know, we've seen CSU strengths and we've seen San Jose State really just be inconsistent offensively and even defensively at times. But you got to win. You got to win this one. I mean... You have to find a way to win this game. And really the next two. I think the, the next two are, are must-wins if you want to do anything this year. you got to find a way to win those. Get some momentum going into a tough game at Utah State. Hopefully you're able to compete well there. And from that point, I mean, if you go 2-1, two, 3-0, two and oh, anything's possible. 3-0, and oh, obviously you're sitting at 500 with a chance to control your own fate. We will just kind of have to see how this plays out. But it's a, it's a really big game this weekend. There's no doubt about that. But that's enough rambling on San Jose State and kind of what we learned from Adazio today. We have plenty of time to dive into this matchup as we approach this weekend. Also looking forward to talking some hoops later in the week. Before I move on and talk about some of the other programs up in Ram Country, what's happening in Agland, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has a Week 5 offer every football fan should jump on. New customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game. And they're going to win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. The last 0-0 tie in the NFL was in 1943, so it's pretty much a no-brainer. <laughs> if you're a current DraftKings user, don't worry. They have a special promo for you as well. You can get some skin in the game with the new same-game parlay option, which allows you to combine multiple bets to get a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. 
DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR. Bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That promo code DNVR when you sign up at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. I also want to shout out the premier dispensary in Colorado. That's right, Solace Meds, who is always hooking it up. Seriously, they always have incredible deals for you. Uh, they've got some awesome things to look forward to. On the 30th and 31st, the entire store is buy three, get one free. On Halloween, you get a goodie bag with a purchase of $50 or more. That's a ton of fun. I love goodie bags, and you don't get them that often in adult life, especially an adult goodie bag from Solace Meds. On top of that, if you use the code DNVR20, you're going to get 20% off your entire order and a free Solace bar, which is a delicious edible or a king cone, the biggest pre-roll on the market. So again, DMVR20 saves you 20% off your entire order, and you get hooked up with some free swag in the process. Solace Meds has four convenient locations, one off Broadway, uh, one just blocks away on East Colfax from the DNVR bar. They also have one in Fort Collins and Wheat Ridge. They make your cannabis shopping experience a delight. Just head to solacemeds.com, order online, enter that code DNVR20, and pick up from there. It's really as easy as pie. Shout out to Solace Meds, shout out to DraftKings Sportsbook. And shout out to our presenting sponsor, Chevalier Mortgage. All right, all right, all right. Starting with the Olympic sports, CSU partnered with the Evoca TV. I hope that I'm pronouncing that right. E-V-O-C-A TV to increase broadcast of athletic events. This is actually really cool. It's an opportunity to kind of elevate viewership, especially in the Denver metro area. You're going to be able to tune into Local 3, which is KCDO-TV, uh, Channel 3 on cable and satellite. It's also available if you just have an antenna. It's going to be an opportunity to watch some men's basketball, some women's basketball, soccer, softball, swimming and diving, tennis, track and field, and volleyball. I'm really pumped about this. It definitely sounds like a much better option than trying to stream on the the Mountain West network, which you know is okay, but tends to be pretty low broadcast quality. This is this is awesome, especially for older viewers that aren't necessarily going to go online to find that. It's it's just great to increase exposure, and I'm very excited about this. I'm great. It's great that it's going to be on Channel Three, a local channel. You know, it's free. It's not something like, you know, one of the tough parts about these TV deals is you have to have like a sports package to get CBS Sportsnet and FS1. I pay for it every month on my cable bill, but you know, like, like that adds up. I'm, I'm glad they don't have to add something else. The first game, uh, first volleyball game to air on Local Three will be on Saturday, September 18th. It's also going to have a couple of soccer matches and four additional volleyball matches for the remainder of the fall competition. Excuse me, have a little tickle in my throat. Uh, here's a quote from Joe Parker in the press release. We're excited to partner with Evoca to expand our reach throughout the Denver area. In partnership with Evoca, Colorado State alumni and fans throughout the entire state of Colorado will have an expanded opportunity to follow more of our teams live. With so many alumni and fans concentrated in this great state in the city of Denver, we've heard the desire for more programming options. We are absolutely thrilled to partner with Evoca and Local 3. You know, I'm, I know we're in the streaming era, but I just think being able to turn on the TV and just press Channel 3 on your TV remote and watch a game is, is so beneficial for the potential exposure of this program. I mean, when I, when I think about this whole 
cable dispute between Altitude and Comcast. Like there are nights I just I don't want to deal with the hassle of streaming. Now, obviously, when you can go to an official website like themountainwest.com, that's a lot easier than having to find some janky one on a site where you're probably risking getting hacked and and God knows what else. But I'm a little old school in a sense that I just I want to be able to just turn on the TV. And I know a lot of older viewers especially are the same way. This is a great opportunity. I think it's great that CSU is doing this. Anything you can do to increase your exposure, especially in the metro area, where you have more alumni than any other local school, makes a ton of sense. So this is great. Really pumped about it. Flipping our tune to CSU football, the women's soccer program earned their first conference win. It was really exciting, actually. A comeback win against San Jose State on Sunday afternoon. They were down 1-0 late into this. They actually tied the game in the 83rd minute, or 82nd minute, excuse me. Gracie Armstrong with her third goal of the season, eighth of her career. That is currently fourth all-time in CSU history. On that shot, uh, Kristen Noonan actually fired it on goal. It was a one-on-one situation with the keeper. The SJSU goalie, keeper, whatever you want to call her, was able to corral it, but Armstrong was waiting for cleanup duty, and she kind of drilled it into the back of the net. Then a couple minutes later, in the 88th minute, uh, the, the Rams' last opportunity to score in regulation, they had a corner kick. The ball was cleared, but the defense failed to clear it completely. And from a few yards behind the box, Abrams had a clear shot. She took it. The rocket of a shot landed in the top left. This is from the press release of the goal. Beyond the outstretched hands of the keeper, sending the junior into celebration while the rest of the on-field student-athletes rushed her. Really cool moment. The video on Twitter was unfortunately not very high quality. Again, this wasn't a very good broadcast yet. Another reason to be excited about more opportunities for these teams to be on TV. Hopefully that leads to an increase in production quality. You know, the, the Mountain West, there's only so much they can do. They're trying to broadcast everything they can. I get that resources are limited and all that. It doesn't make sense to spend a bunch of money on things that don't make a bunch of money, but anytime you can increase exposure, it's great. And it would have been awesome to have this, you know, like on a, on a better broadcast, but nonetheless, a, a really awesome opportunity for CSU to kind of build some momentum moving forward. It's been a rough start, but they, they've been competitive in, in every match so far. Next up, they've got Colorado College at home on October 8th. That is at 3 p.m. You can go over to the CSU soccer field, watch that for free. A lot of fun. Um, good start, you know. Always exciting to win that so dramatically. We will see what kind of they're able to do with this moving forward. Hopefully, they're kind of able to build off something and get it rolling a little bit. CSU soccer, I mean, it should be a program that has like fairly high expectations. I know that really hasn't been the case so far. They've only been a program since 2013. So there was a grace period, but there's a lot of talent in this state and people are going to kind of expect Keely Hagan to turn this thing around fairly quickly. So we will keep our eyes on that situation for the rest of the season, kind of see how they able, how the Rams are able to close things out. Excuse me. Moving on to CSU volleyball, who's seven and six. They had kind of a rough start in non-conference play before responding well, winning three straight in the Mountain West. They unfortunately dropped their first conference match of the season to Fresno State, three sets to one. But just kind of a tough loss. I mean, Fresno State, they really dominated the first two sets. In the third set, CSU was able to win. And in the in the final set, it was a back-and-forth affair. Fresno State strung together five rallies to take a lead. The Rams wouldn't go down easily. They kept going with a 3-0 run of their own, but... Ultimately, Fresno State reached match point at 24-21. They finished the match scoring the last two points to hand the Rams their first loss in conference play. Next up, they will play at Nevada on Thursday. 
opportunity to get back on the winning track. It's a program CSU normally dominates. And, you know, as, as rough as the non-conference start was, you were playing a lot of good teams and CSU is still one of the premier volleyball programs. You have an opportunity to kind of turn this thing around and still salvage a season. I mean, winning a conference championship is still very much on the table. And that's always the goal for CSU Volleyball. So we will see how they respond. The last thing I wanted to talk about is just a one final reminder for the autograph signing. Trey McBride, Toby McBride at the Shields in Johnstown, 5 to 7 p.m. Mountain Time. They are going to be signing our awesome Brothers McBride shirts, our homegrown Trey McBride shirts. Awesome opportunity for the fans to, one, buy shirts designed by a CSU grad in collaboration with the McBride Brothers. And it's an opportunity for the McBride Brothers to profit so you can feel good about it. They're officially licensed, so these bad boys are legit. It's just a really cool opportunity. I'm looking forward to seeing everybody in the DNVR Rams community out there. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, if you want to talk football with me, I'd certainly love to. It's going to be great. Really looking forward to it all. Make sure you don't miss out on that event. And uh, we're going to have some fun stuff in the future with more team DNVR athletes. Just love this stuff. It's a new era. All right, we're going to wrap it up because I'm losing my voice. I yelled way too much at the Broncos game yesterday. Obviously, a stinker got fried. Man, I got to wear more sunscreen. My pale ass has just been getting toasted these last couple of weeks. Um, Shaq Barrett continues to kill it for the Buccaneers. Had an exciting game against the Patriots. Hopefully, once Michael Gallup gets back, he's able to kind of continue up with his success. Looking forward to that Broncos-Cowboys game later in the season. All right, that's all I have. This was another edition of What's Happening in Agland. Thank you to everybody that continues to support the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. We'll be back throughout the week. Much love. Khakis wearing graphic tees, feeling way too trendy. Raps that kill. Oh, I'm deadly. Primed and ready like machetes at a deli in New Delhi. Feeling scummy like Martin Scarelli. Turn jam into jelly, then drink it like juice. But water's the truth, so I sip on that too. Skinny looking kid with no car keys. Like the only thing I drive is RCRV. He's got the stash like Steve Harvey. Oh, I'm gnarly like non